Welcome to Spread Talk with Pam and John, also known as The Calm, Before the Storm. Our purpose is to elevate the conversation and amplify special education resources. And our why is all about the kids. You know, Pam, there are so many organizations and, and people around Texas who are just making it happen for kids with disabilities. So let's make this a platform to celebrate their efforts because special education is about making the impossible possible. We've got, so, you know, we're excited to have everyone on. We, Pam and I, this podcast that we've been doing for a while now, we're wrapping up season two, going into season three, Sped Talk. Um, really, it really is about just kind of elevating the conversation and trying to create a positive feel around so much of the, the amazing work going on in the area of special education, specifically in Texas. And really at the state, regional and local levels, you see just these shifting practices and, and, and just, just, just increased amount of awareness and um, access to, you know, resources and supports and information and so um, we were super excited when we started talking about having TSLAT on because we know you guys have this uh, you know leadership network in Texas is you know has been around and you've done a lot of great work and so I know under the new kind of configuration of networks here in Texas it, it looks like this is just continuing so Pam like as we get going you know what's going on girl you doing okay doing great John doing good I mean, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited about today, um, T-SLAT, which, as I looked at it and said, so what does T-SLAT stand for? That's really my first question. So I'm, I'm so used to, to referring to you as the Autism Network. Yeah. But, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So I'm well, just excited. Go ahead, Darcy. Yeah. Okay. Well, T-SLAT stands for the Texas Statewide Leadership for Autism Training. And yes, we are not a new network. We've been around since um, 2007. I think it was the 2007-2008 school year. So this is our 13th year in existence. And so everything we're going to share with you today is, is really, you know, was built on um, over, over 13 years from people who were in our network before us. Um, and we're just continuing the work that they started. Uh, people like like Monty Montgomery, right? And right. Monty Parker. Oh, Monty Parker. Monty Parker. I obviously wasn't here when Monty was here. <laughs> and Cindy O'Toole um, was the network lead for a while. Um, so we're just continuing the great work that they did. Okay. So looking on my screen, so you have two team members with you today? Yes, yeah, so I'm Darcy Schiller, and then with me is Lane Campbell and Robin Ryman. And it's not just the three of us. We have um, quite a large team um, in 13, which is where the network is housed. Um, besides the three of us, um, you know, we're the grantee and uh, we implement the annual network plan under TEA's leadership. But the rest of our team at Region 13 consists of Shirley Sanford. She's the Director of Academic Services at Region 13. Um, Amanda Kluke, she's our program assistant who does lots of work. Fidel Flores, he's our multimedia specialist who also works on our marketing plans and does so much more. Um, we also utilize the support of our Region 13 center support team who they really are the ones that make us look good. Mm. <laughs> they 
it include our web designers, our graphic artists, videographers, um, project specialists, and you know we're proud of the quality of our resources and products, and we owe that credit to to this whole team at Region 13. Plus, our great network of autism specialists around the state. We rely on them heavily for help. Right. If people were to ask me, you know, what, who is the network or what is the network, I would most importantly say that TSAT is a network of autism education specialists across Texas. There's at least one from each of the 20 regional education service centers. Um, you know, the group is an amazing group. The collective years of experience working with those impacted by autism is easily over 400. Um, you know, I would say at least 20 times the 20 of us would be at least 400 years. But they're a brilliant, hardworking, creative, really caring group, group who provides support for educators in their regions, educators and families. Um, but it's through this network of regional contacts that we're able to disseminate our trainings and resources across the entire state. Yeah, I, I know I had mentioned just before we started recording um, uh, at Region 12, Cindy Engel, who is fabulous. Yes, And she's fabulous. not only one of my dear friends, wonderful colleague, but, you know, she serves on uh, the TSLAT network as well. And, man, she's always just has awesome stuff to say about kind of the statewide efforts that are going on. Mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, I am so proud of Cindy personally, Cindy Engel, and I hope we get to talk more about our Autism Circuit program, but she is one of our very first graduates from our evidence-based practices Autism Circuit cohort wow. program. Wow, yeah. And um, she, there's a quote on our website that we used from her saying that she learned more from our year-long training than she did in her graduate program. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, as soon yeah. as that came out of her mouth, I was like, we are using that and it's up on our website. <laughs> yeah, we're capturing that. That's too good to pass up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so what is the Autism Circuit? Blaine, you want to tell us about the Autism Circuit program? Sure can. Um, so yeah, our Autism Circuit is a, it's a course that's built on the latest research on how to uh, work with educators. It's a it's an ongoing course, so it's a year-long course. We also have this year a um, summer option that will be new, um, but basically they'll go through modules that they'll learn the um, EBPs, the evidence-based practices that are most effective for students with autism, um, and they'll be able to work with other educators throughout the state, as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching from us at TSLAT. So it's not only them just sitting and getting, but it's they, they learn the information and then they go and implement it and then we coach them through the implementation. So by the time they leave our cohort, they have a really firm grasp of those eight really great evidence-based practices um, to be able to start their, their, their uh, autism education. And then this year we're starting a, uh, we're going to pilot a level two, so that way those that they've already learned, they can now implement those in some even more evidence-based practices, just to make sure that all of our educators within uh, Texas and beyond, whoever joins us, uh, is able to have the most recent uh, cutting edge um, accommodations and, and ways to implement education with students with autism. Mm -hmm. 
That's pretty cool. You know, what really sets this program apart, I think, you know, there's lots of autism training available, but then the research shows that, you know, the traditional format of uh, professional development, which is the one-day workshop or mm -hmm. the, right. that's like Blaine said, the sit and get, or I, I yeah. like the spray and pray, right? We spray information. Spray and pray they get it. Pray they use it. Pray they do something with it. Yeah. Exactly. That they go pray back and away. actually change their practice, you know? Uh, they say that the implementation rate for our traditional types of uh, professional development is about 5 five to 10%. Only 5 to 10% actually change their practice or implement what they learn. So it's not a knowledge gap that's the issue in professional development. You know, yeah. our teachers are educated. They, yeah. the knowledge is available. We have the internet. Yeah. Um, but it's it's actually changing practice. It's an implementation gap that's the issue. And so that's what by our Autism Circuit Academy, that's the, the gap that we were trying to close is the implementation gap. Mm -hmm. and so it's built into the program that they not only learn the information, get the knowledge, but then go and put it into practice. And they have to give us artifacts of, of you know, evidence that they've implemented the strategies. And then we are continually working towards more and more one-on-one um, -on -one coaching. And that's really a new, not new, we've been trying to provide valuable coaching since the beginning of this program, which started about six years ago, five, five or six years ago. Um, but we're trying to figure out better and more effective ways of providing that one-on-one -on -one coaching to our autism circuit participants. And so we have, we have new plans um, this year going forward. You know, TEA is providing some training to us on coaching that we want to um, share with our network members and uh, implement this program uh, this year with our within our autism circuit program. Yeah, that's so we, great. Go we ahead, should Blaine. say also that that it's completely free. <laughs> so it's one of those all encompassing programs that they're able to get one on one coaching uh, for the year at, at no cost to them, of course. That's huge. Um, I also want to share that we are currently we do have an application out for this year's year long cohort. Um, it, it finishes on September 15th, and people can find that on our website on the Autism Academy tab. And that, that website, that's txautism.net. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that we, we got that straight. Yeah, that is so cool. You know, I know the coaching thing has been something that we've been trying to move to more of an integrated model of support, subvert, you know, that, that ongoing embedded support model. Uh, I, I've said in my, and for people who know me, that PD is dead. It's been dead for a long time and we keep kicking it. You know, we need professional learning opportunities. We need to come together, learn from and with one another and create relationships. And through those relationships, coaching, mentoring, um, like you you said um, action-based you know closing that knowing doing gap and so I love that that is tied kind of so intentionally to this network yes and so I just have to add I'm sorry another thing but that is built into our program as well the the participants go through the program as a cohort um, they they start together and they go through the program together and part of the requirements of the program is that they um, provide feedback to each other. So, so they um, are required to read their peers' posts 
and respond. And we have guidelines um, for their responses as far as quality and quantity. And, um, and it, it creates threaded discussions. And I swear that's where most of the learning really takes place is mm. it's them talking to each other, bouncing ideas off of each other, you know, seeing somebody post something and saying, oh, wow, I never thought of that. I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. I bet that will work with my student. Um, and, and just the sharing of information. I mean, our educators are brilliant and creative. And, um, and so just giving them an opportunity to talk to each other and share their experiences is so invaluable. Mm. Many, yeah. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. Yeah. How many uh, uh, people are within a cohort? You know, it varies. Um, we, um, I think we have, we now have about 700 people across the state who have completed, like, like graduated from our program, completed all the requirements of our cohorts. But there have been um, over a thousand who have taken, who, who have done part of the program. Like, and I'm, I should have had the numbers ready for this. Oh, that's okay. Would easily say more than 1,500 have um, completed part of the program. Okay. And completing part of the program is valuable. You know, we learn, we go through our original cohorts. We somehow went through all of the identified evidence-based practices identified by the National Professional Development Center on Autism, which there were 27 of them. So our earlier cohorts had 28 modules, one for each of the evidence-based practices and then an introductory one. And that was crazy. And so now we've changed our program to where we focus on just eight of those um, identified practices, the high leverage practices. now we do one, one module a month and we focus on one or two evidence-based practices a month. So they dig deeper and really get a grasp of those. We call it our, the tool belt, um, mm. the, an analogy that we use to, to when we talk about the evidence-based practices that educators perhaps should learn first and know best. Um, so we, so say you have a garage full of tools, like my husband has a crazy (laughs) tools in his garage and some of them I recognize and some of them I don't and some he uses, you know, for certain projects, but no matter what he's working on, no matter what project he's working on, he has a tool belt and on his tool belt are the same tools, the same seven or eight tools that he uses no matter what he's working on Mm. and he uses them every day and he uses them you know, with the mo- and so the analogy is that there are seven or eight evidence-based practices amongst all of the 28 and more identified um, that that educators should you know use most often for the most students of the most ages in the most settings for the most outcomes, right? And um, and 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 that's what we're focusing on now is we just we believe that if educators get these EBPs down these evidence-based practices down that they will uh, be more effective with their students with autism Mm -hmm. that's great that y'all have kind of in some ways made the the trainings more concise and more um, focused on those high leverage 
um, practices, you know, because I think you can, you can try to focus on everything. Sometimes the hardest part is figuring out what do we leave out? You know what I mean? Like it's all fabulous. We need to really know something about all of this stuff. And yet, you know, you can't focus on everything or you focus on nothing. Some people say, so yeah, it's great to say, Hey, we, you know, through research, through evidence-based practice, we've, we've been able to kind of extrapolate these eight specific mm -hmm. practices. And so these are the ones we want people up front to really own. And, and then beyond that, then we'll go deeper and farther. So that's, right. I'm sure um, uh, the, your, you know, your attendees will, will appreciate or have appreciated that transition or that shift in implementation on your part. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was hard to cut down to eight because we, we at the same time didn't want to alter the rigor of the program. It really is a rigorous program that requires a lot of time and effort um, we believe that the training is quality training. Um, you know, if, if all of the uh, requirements are, if they do everything that's in our program, it really is a rigorous program. And at the end of the program, be, because they put so much time in and they have actually shown us evidence of implementation of strategies, like they've shown that they've practiced this, that they really can use the practices, they earn an endorsement. Mm by TSLAT that is also endorsed by TEA. Um, and so they get a, uh, an endorsement and, and, um, and the participants who have earned that endorsement are proud of that endorsement um, because we are the statewide network on autism training and it has a signature by one of us and by um, TEA that, um, that it really means something. It means that that in the state of Texas, they are qualified to implement programs for their students with autism. Mm -hmm. State of Texas, there's no, we don't have an autism certification um, that is recognized here in the state of Texas. And our commissioner's rules talk, you know, state that it's up to the LEAs, it's up to the schools and the districts to, to train their own educators on how to implement autism programs for their students with autism mm -hmm. there but there's really no um you know one program that that um you know makes certifies anybody in autism mm -hmm. here in the state of texas and so this is something that is recognized by this by tea as um you know they they receive this endorsement it's a certificate that they can hang on their wall and mm -hmm. they digital badge, right, that shows that they have um, gone through this training. Yeah, that's, I love that too. I know a lot more and more people are looking at different types of credentialing, whether it's micro-credentialing or endorsements or, and really they're the same types of things. It's, it's that we're not just saying you sat in a class and you did X, Y, Z. It's that you've shown evidence of practice that you can go out and implement these strategies, right? It's action-based. And so I think that's real powerful for, for educators who choose to uh, engage this process and really then add that to their, their credentials. Robin, could, could Robin, I talk a minute? Robin, it's your turn. Yes. I've been looking at you thinking Robin wants to jump in on this. Yeah, well, no. I do because, because the autism circuit is incredible. And whenever we go, whenever we're allowed to go someplace, Darcy, who's run most of them, gets mobbed 
by her fans because okay. <laughs> they've been, and I'm expecting that for Blaine, but he's only done it for half a year. So he needs a little more um, time. But for those people who don't have time to do the intensive thing and for um, just in time training, uh -huh. we have over a hundred courses online of various lengths from 30 minutes. So you could do it on your lunch hour to six hour courses. Uh, some of them have badging. Um, that was really one of the things we started, uh, started us. The reason that we are here is because many um, directors, ESC specialists would run an Autism 101 course. And then, and then the very next week, a director would call and say, we have a new teacher or this new teacher got um, a student mm -hmm. autism and they need some training. And so yes. develop some stuff to kind of help uh, give people the just-in-time training that they need. It's, it is sit and get. It's not as um, intensive as uh, our cohort, which we'd like everybody in the state to take. But it is good, and we are pleased that we can give it uh, for free. Um, we have such experts as Christine Reeve and Rob Pennington and Sasha Long and Eric Carter and Laura Kenworthy. And um, we have a series for general educators. We have an assessment toolkit for evaluators. And uh, we're working on um, a, a 40-hour series for um, people who are studying to become a registered behavior technician. Wow. So. That'll be a nice addition. Yes. So I then just that off. information about all of this is on the website. It is? GXAutism.net. And we may repeat that about 30 times. In this yes, class. that's great. <laughs> It's txautism.net. Got that. You got that, Darcy. And on txautism.net, yeah. we also have really short um, video examples. We have like expert interviews. We have strategies in action. We have teacher interviews. Wow. Um, and expert interviews. So it's it's we we try to put a lot of uh, things of different lengths up there to meet uh, teachers and parents needs and, and our website is for anyone who's interested in autism we're not ex while it was made mostly for texas educators because we are in education we're funded by the texas education agency um, we invite parents grandparents first responders um, anybody who wants information about autism is welcome to view our site and which is www.txautism and use our resources. I love it. So speaking of txaustin.net. No, autism. Um, you screwed it up, John. Oh, txautism.net. See, if anyone can mess it up, it's me. Good thing we can bleep this stuff out. But I just may leave that in, who knows? We'll so, just say it a few more times. That's right, we'll just keep saying it over and over. So speaking of, of that, you know, the video library, the training, there's a lot of resources on the website. I have it pulled up in the background and I can see that now. Mm -hmm. So are these, are, is all of this new stuff or is some of this stuff that was kind of uh, moved over from the, the previous network and that maybe rebranded and stuff or, or, or is this all new stuff? 
Hi, we are the we are the only network that is a continuing network. Okay. But in the redesign of all of the networks, <clears throat> we did rebrand. Um, you know, we did uh, perhaps maybe we can say merged our. Um, you know, we we do follow TEA's branding and their um, their guidelines. We, um, I mean, we. What's new is we there's more involvement and guidance and leadership from TEA um, uh, with our network and with the work that we do. Um, we you know they are um, ensuring that the work that we do really meets the needs of the state of Texas, um, and we appreciate that. We you know with the corrective action plan and the you know state strategic plan and. Um, the new review and monitoring process from TEA, mm -hmm. we, um, we are aligned with their work and we're more aligned with their work, I would say now, than, um, than I, I mean, that's not true. We have always been aligned with TEA's work mm -hmm. um, and vision, but um, we're working more closely with TEA now to ensure that, um, that we meet the needs of, of the state of Texas. And so, um, so our programs are are not new this year. They are revised. They're con they're continually being revised. Mm -hmm. um, we are continually adding to our resources, um, our suite of resources based on the needs. We put out a, a survey every year, um, a needs assessment to the whole state to to find out what the needs are in the state as far as autism training goes we this coming year we're going to um focus more on working with other stakeholders in autism other agencies and other stakeholders um to make sure that the real needs of of the state of texas as far as autism um are, are really being met you know we don't want to uh, you know be putting all of our efforts and all of all of the the grant money and all of the state's outward uh the state's efforts, and then be totally missing the the target, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, um, so we do have great leadership from TEA. TEA, um, uh, pretty give, you know, we work together with TEA on our goals that we work on every year, and um, and um, you know we. We're we're just better aligned, I think, with with their um, their vision for this mm -hmm. when it comes to um, the needs of of the autism community. So it's good. Yeah, yeah I would say the agency probably has over the last couple of years have probably redefined what what it is they're wanting for uh, and what the state is needing for us students autism and also parents of students autism. Uh, when Robin yes. said it's been a long time since she's seen because I was a network lead in, in my former life <laughs> and um, <laughs> and you know starting out it was kind of like you were you were you know kind of building it as you go mm -hmm. but now I, I I see the difference with the agent with TEA and what what they're identifying as a need and and so I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying Darcy that that relationship is a lot tighter than, it what it, than what it was 
Previously. Yes. Yeah. And we have an autism coordinator, <clears throat> excuse me, from TEA that we work with, who's part of our team. Mm -hmm. And um, um, she reviews all the work that we do. Um, it's reviewed by her and, and a whole team at TEA. <clears throat> um, and so I feel the quality of the work that, that we do is um, ultimately better quality because more eyes are on it than were in the past. Um, and we just have a, you know, a, um, a perspective that is different from it than it was in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we really do appreciate the partnership that we have with TEA and the, and the collaboration that they, um, provide, provide for us. Meaning, you know, there, we're one of 10 networks, right? And, um, TEA kind of helps us collaborate with the other networks because they they know what all the other networks are doing and so they can help help us identify what other networks can help us with our projects and how we can help other networks with their projects and how we can ensure that we're not um, reinventing the wheels anywhere or um, or you know wasting our time working on something that somebody else is is already doing and so um so that's been great too is being able to collaborate with the other networks and um you know all have it have it really be recognized that there are 10 statewide networks not you know that and we we work together so so um you know people will learn better where to go for what information and and what's great too is is we as an as an autism network are now more aware of the other nine networks and what they're doing because of the the collaborative um, nature culture that they're providing, and um, and so we know where to go for information on other topics, and um, it's just been more seamless, you know, our work and more effective, I feel, in the whole redesign of, of the statewide networks. Um, it, it's been great. Yeah, I like that, that the networks are um, kind of keeping one another informed, um, not trying to duplicate effort, trying to be more cognizant of uh, well, maybe not shared resources, but, you know, just shared ideas and, and, and practices and being able to inform one another's practice. You think about things like the, the transition network or the, you know, the, 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 you know, of course, TSLAT with our autism network. And then, I mean, child find, you know, these things touch so many of our kids. If, if, if you're a student with autism, then you know, you're going to go through that child find lens. You're going to go through evaluation. You're going to also be transitioning. You're going to also be, so it's just, it's just neat to know that I know TEA has kind of really ramped up uh, that, that the guidance and that support and collaboration, but also that, that networks and ESCs are beginning to more and more and more just, I mean, we've, I think ESCs have always played nice together. It's just now it's more intentional. It's, Hey, you guys have this great thing. How can we, you know, support you in that and even utilize Absolutely. that? And so, yeah. And so do y'all have specific, I know we had visited with the, uh, you know, the Texas Transitions Network and um, Small and Rural Schools Network and they're doing some stuff. And do y'all have specific things you're doing with other networks or is that stuff kind of still being fleshed out? 
Robin, you want to talk about how how we're helping child find and, and the tier networks? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. Question. <laughs> <laughs> and you're ready for it, Robin. You're ready. Uh, not really. Well, for the child find network, so this actually allows me to talk about one of our one of our underutilized tools on our website as okay. well. Um, for Child Fund, we are going to be helping with the state evaluation um, conference. We're going to be talking about our TSLAP uh, resources. And one of the things that we have that on our website is um, the Texas Autism Resource Guide for Effective Teaching. How, mm -hmm. how, we, how this meshes, how this feeds into uh, like Child Find is that we have an evaluation section. The evaluation section isn't there to tell people what they should give, but what it is, is it gives information on the types of assessments that are given uh, generally for special education and specifically for autism. And then it gives information on what those assessments, what information those assessments tell an evaluator about a student with autism and it gives the it for those people who are really really researchy and there's all kinds of it it lists all the research that was done on a particular um, evaluation and it's a really great resource for um, admission review and dismissal committee members um, they can send information from our target document to mm -hmm. parents to look at to help them understand what assessments are telling and um, we think it's really important. On the other end, it's great for people who are working on interventions because all those 27 evidence-based practices are listed in the um, other side in, in our, um, oh golly guys, intervention section. And um, there are steps for, there's information about the research behind it, which is is good for people who want to know more about that, but more practically, their implement implementation guides for fidelity. And since the new evidence-based practice report is coming out, um, we will be updating um, that, that section. And we're also in the um, process of updating the evaluation side as well. It sounds like that would be those would be great for assessment staff really across the state to have access to to be utilizing like you said sharing pieces of that with maybe family members you know evaluations assessments if you're not if that's not your kind of expertise a lot of people get overwhelmed by that aspect of of services and in, in special education um, family members I can think of a lot of times being in in our ARD meetings and just struggling to understand exactly what it is that that are you know we're trying to share with them regarding assessments and evaluation so wow that's that's exciting I hope we can get that pushed out to more and more folks but I think also going along with that um, at those ARD meetings our general education partners sometimes don't have an idea of we start to sell these numbers and, and it's almost like code. And yes. so this also helps them to, to understand what we're saying because they're able to say where, where the student is on the curriculum and then with the testing, just to give everybody the whole picture instead of everybody kind of having bits and pieces of the puzzle. Great point, great point. And at this point for other, other information that ARD committees may need is that we have 
information on our site, both a course and some a side-by-side -side document on the autism supplement. Right, which is a part of the ARD paperwork for all students with autism. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it, it can be confusing. And so we have, um, you know, frequently asked questions about the autism supplement, but as the Child Find and Evaluation Network, um, you know, creates their best practices training, um, they, you know, we're going to collaborate with them on, you know, consult with them and do a content review of what they put out uh, on their guidance about the mm. autism supplement, um, you know. So we'll work together on that. <clears throat> that makes sense. Instead of everybody doing their own thing, that's really cool. So I was going to ask, so that there's no mixed messages out there. You know, <laughs> that every all of us are sending out the same information, mm -hmm. confusion, exactly. or less confusion, might I say? <laughs> exactly. So I was going to ask, you know, with with our situation with COVID and being at home, and the concerns with student autism especially learning either at home or returning back to the campus. So, uh, have you all seen an uptick of, of calls from parents or uh, from your network members and you know, level concerns from school district personnel? Yes, it's, it's been real interesting. It's a real interesting time. Um, you know, our website, we, we're calling it a COVID bump <laughs> mm, <okay. laughs> because we, our numbers are the statistics, the, uh, you know, the, the numbers of people accessing our website has, has bumped, you know, there's a lot more, mm -hmm. a lot more people, a lot more people accessing it more often. Um, and so, um, so that's been great. It's good to know that our, all of our resources that we have put online, um, people know, are, mm -hmm. know about it or are learning about it. And, you know, with, the current needs, we feel like we what we have available really is helping to meet the current needs uh, because because all of our resources are readily available online and available to everybody, available for free. Um, you know, the yeah, we've been calling it a COVID bump. Um, and um, as far as calls from the community, it's been real interesting. Um, you know. We have um, we have we have people parents calling and asking, um, you know, can our students with autism really be educated virtually? Mm. And and how how can educators implement these practices virtually? And and so we've been able to to provide those those answers. Um, yes, yes, our students can be educated virtually, um, you know, and we've, we've had to be creative, but we've found that, that, um, you know, we, we, um, I mean, we all have to improvise and do the best we can. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, and I feel, I feel we've been, we've been able to meet the, the current needs as well. Yeah. I think to, to piggyback on that, going back to the cohort for just a moment, some of those EBPs, we didn't know about COVID, but we happened to teach about video modeling. We yeah. happened to teach about prompting as, as those tool belts, uh, EBPs, and they just seamlessly went into the virtual learning. Our teachers mm -hmm. knew how to video model, so their lessons, they didn't feel so nervous about being 
online. Sure. Uh, doing the, the, the parent-based interventions. Yes. They, they knew how to teach the parents how to implement the interventions and how to coach the parents in an ongoing uh, manner. So mm -hmm. it, it really has been helpful. Um, not to mention our teachers that maybe were over-processed during the school year when, when they were home, they actually were able to uh, focus even more on the cohort. And so they were able to implement even more of it than maybe mm. they would have had they been going into the, the school building on the regular. And it actually was a positive for a lot of our cohort members yeah. because they, they had that time to really concentrate on it and mm -hmm. their students, um, you know, they were students that maybe had some behavioral needs and they were now being taught virtually. So the teachers now had a stronger grasp of those EVPs to be able to help the parents implement them at home. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was very fulfilling to have our members tell us how much they were able to use what we were giving them. Yeah, that's really validating. It shows you that when you, you know, it's, it's interesting when you think about universal design, it's like we design things really that are just universal best practices. Now, specifically, we're talking about for students with autism here, but probably it'd be good for a lot of kids, right? Or for a lot of people. And so that's a great example, Blaine, of, of just that, that way of thinking and preparing individuals for success. I mean, it's a hard time, but at least a, a positive did come of it. Yeah, definitely. Pam, I see you shaking your head. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, I was just agreeing with Blaine. I was just, yeah. just kind of curious uh, because, you know, just the level of concern parents are having with kids returning back back to school, uh, you know, the concern about whether or not, you know, the student will be able to keep, you know, a mask on or not. And if not, you know, yeah. how, do you, yeah. how do you prepare a student, you know, to return, you know, with a mask? I mean... But even right. you know, even a mask for kids who are not on autism, who don't have right. autism, right? Or even a mask for adults who don't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> As, yes. know, I, I, I saw a, a Facebook post the other day, and it said. I am so tired of forgetting my mask everywhere I go, like I'm Batman or somebody. And I swear I started laughing because every time I leave my house, I get like down my dirt road and I'm like, oh, I forgot my mask and I turn around. And so like, I feel like I'm Batman over here. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just this new, you know, the crazy thing is, right, we adapt. I mean, and I think kids yes. tend to adapt quicker than adults. And so I mean, yeah. it's just that whole brain yeah. development thing. And they're, they're in that perfect, malleable time. Um, and so I think the more we as adults can adapt during in this time period and really do some of these things like just like TSLAT is doing in, in these yeah. trainings is it, we're, we're prepping people to prep kids to adapt quicker to some of the stuff that we're dealing with some of it's out of our control we know that but you know I think everyone's doing their part and I just know that that it's it's neat it is validating Blaine to hear that that you know some of that proactive work that was done on you know on y'all's behalf has translated into better preparing um, some educators out there to really meet the needs of our kids yes mm -hmm. you know um really there was an opportunity if there is a silver lining there was an opportunity for educators to really uh partner and collaborate with and work with parents mm -hmm. but, you know this was always a need like when i was in the classroom it, it you know the more i was able to work with parents the more effective my own work was in the classroom, 
-hmm. And so, you know, whenever, you know, with autism, there's such a, a need for um, generalizing skills outside of the classroom in the home setting or the community setting. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always a, a, a goal, right, for, for when we're working with autism. And yet, and yet, you know, before COVID, it was so uh, difficult to to reach some of our families and and know what was happening in the home or in the community. And then all of a sudden, you know, this happens and we're almost forced to um, to work with our parents. And so it was a blessing in disguise in some way. I, I don't know if I'm communicating this correct, you know, accurately, but but it was like, oh, finally, parents are asking us, what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> what works with my students, you know, with my child? What can I do? Like, what visual supports can I create to use with my child at home? How do I teach my child? What do I do? And then we have those resources readily available on our website, txautism.net. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> oh, and, Darcy. And you should tell them about our link to the autism circuit website. Right. So um, also on our website, txautism.net, <laughs> there's a, um, on the upper right hand corner, there's a link to another tool that we have, and it's an autism circuit toolkit. And this is, uh, this has been really valuable for parents recently who are trying to work with their children at home. But these are tools that um, have been shown to be effective with students with autism. Examples are, um, are behavior cue cards or token boards or first mm. cards or, um, you know. First then cards. Yeah, I see yes. that. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they're tools. And what's great about this toolkit, because teachers and parents don't have much time when you've child with autism, a child with a disability, time is hard to find. And so with these tools, they all have downloadable templates already created. So for example, the behavior cues, if a teacher or a parent were to create them on their own, it would take forever. Oh yeah. But here you can just push a button. The template is already created. You print, cut, laminate, cut and it's and it's ready to go um, yeah the teachers have really been um you know grateful they've really liked this website and so this is good for parents too um these are the tools that we use with students with autism that are that are truly effective that we found truly effective with with many of our students with autism and so we just want to now we're encouraging parents to print them and use them at home and they're finding uh, them valuable also at home and in the community, you know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the Autism Circuit Toolkit is a, um, you know, created by uh, Region 13, but we have a link to it on our txautism.net website um, because of just, it's such a, you know, valuable, valuable asset. Yeah, and the tools are evidence-based, so on that mm -hmm page with the tool there are links back to the www.txautismnet.net website um, links back to the target document the evidence-based practices there and also to our online training catalog to the evidence-based practice uh, webinars all showing the evidence base that supports the use of the tool with students with autism mm -hmm. 
Yeah, those are great templates. I know I can remember when I was a special ed director and I, you know, whether it was my teachers or speech therapists or there was someone always creating these little type of resources for themselves, for others, for, and it was very time consuming. And it, it really, there were, we were always playing catch up on this kind of stuff. If a student moved in or if it, you know, or if we were trying to develop some resources for a family, like we're talking about, um, those are just wonderful templates. I hope, I hope everyone listening goes and checks that out. Um, yeah, on the txautism.net website. Okay, yeah, and I'm going to say you all will get the award for giving at your website. <laughs> More than any other network. Well done. Well done. Well played. Well played. I should have put it as my background, you know. <laughs> Just well, point it. has it, but, but it's an, a podcast, so they don't see your background. No, yeah, they don't yeah. see it, but they, they're going to know it, though. We know that where to find the resources. That's right. Yes. Well, it's a, it's, it's, you know, Texas is such a big state and we have big city, you know, we have districts that are in cities and then we have really small rural districts and, um, and it's been not as easy as one would think to get the word out about our resources. Mm -hmm. um, it still surprises me when I go somewhere, you know, if I travel across Texas or I meet somebody and they've never heard of our website. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that they're free, yeah. the, you know, that we've spent all, all of our, you know, 100% of our time at work creating these resources that are available for free. Um, it's amazing that I still find some people uh, creating their own trainings. Yes. Or, um, you know, they haven't heard of the resources available to them. They haven't heard of the regional autism specialists who are available for them. Um, you know, our network. So on our website, txautism.net, under contact us, <laughs> um, you can, anybody can find their regional autism contact. And um, people are not, not aware of, um, of our availability to mm -hmm. them and how we are a resource for them. They can call us, call us and ask us, you know, if they have um, you know, a need, we can help. And that's our, our job is to support our educators and our families. And, and so, you know, that's, that's why it's kind of a joke that I keep repeating txautism.net, but it, but I'm really not because yeah. it surprises me how um, there, you know, we still, after 13 years, we've had the same website. We haven't, there are still so many that have not heard of, mm -hmm. um, of the resources available to them for free, you know? Well, I always say working at ESC, your work is never done. There's no such thing as completing That's right. anything. That because because each year you have new new teachers, absolutely you have new parents. You know, you might think, man, I covered that a year ago or two years ago. Like, but reality of it is, you always have someone new coming in. So you got to circle finish. back. Yeah, yes. got to circle. You never back. finish it, and True, I think yeah. that's part of it. You know, the fact that more kids are. You know, coming in, and more parents are now involved. More new teachers, so you know the work is never done. Yeah. Well, I see uh, Robin, Robin. She's going to have to sign out here in a minute. We're going to miss. Robin, thank you. Her in the and we'll be wrapping up, I guess, here, Pam. But yeah. Um, Since Robin's got to leave, I guess we have. She's going to shut us down. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> Spoiling all the fun. <laughs> now I just have a mandatory training I have to go to. Uh, have to say it's been a really a lot of fun and thank 
very much for providing us a platform to tell people about our um, our great website and all our great resources. You guys yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, Robin. Bye. It's definitely been a pleasure. You have a great day. Thank you, Robin. All right, guys. Well, listen, this is this has been awesome, man. I wish I, I feel like this group we could talk for five hours. You know, we could just <laughs> run. Go, I feel like you know? there's so much more I haven't shared yet. Is there yeah. one more thing you want to share, Darcy? Um, oh man, just one. Okay, you get to. <laughs> you, hear how Pam, you hear how Pam controls that? Is there one more thing you'd like to share? She's been around me so long. And then we'll let Blaine jump in with his two more things. So yeah. How about that? <laughs> um, you know, I, if I had to share just one more thing, it would be that our website.net because we have, I mean, there is so much on our website and um, our website is useful for, for all different kinds of people, for educators and families. You know, it's good for general education teachers. We have training specific to gen ed teachers. It's good for administrators who are trying to train their educators. Um, it's good for, for autism specialists or behavior specialists or uh, low incidence disability specialists um, as far as resources to train their teachers. Um, it's good for, um, for paraprofessionals who don't, don't have as many opportunities for PD. And yet, you know, we find that our paraprofessionals are wanting the training and yet they have less opportunities. Well, this is training for parapro that paraprofessionals can access on their own for free. Uh, they can earn CEUs. All of our courses uh, offer CEUs. Um, it's, uh, you know, our we have resources for assessment personnel, for counselors, for, um, you know, for, for speech pathologists. We have many courses on communication, on, on behavior, on social skills. I mean, I mean, you know, Robin said we have almost a hundred courses, online courses, and they're all valuable. Mm -hmm. And they're not just given by us, you know, the TSLAT team, but we contract the best in the nation um, to come and provide these trainings. Um, we have trainings by, you know, she named off um, a bunch of experts in our field and uh, we truly search for, for the best, mm -hmm. most um, um, experts in the field across the nation. And so it really is valuable. So, um, you know, if I had one last thing to share, it's our website and people, you know, can spend time on our website and still find more. We have a blog that has, um, that has articles that, that provide information. Um, our target manual, we didn't talk about that much, but it really is a wealth of information that, um, that is valuable for educators and parents alike. If parents are trying to learn the you know, the ins and outs of educating their child with autism. Um, our website is the place to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Darcy, although I'm giving you a hard time, I really appreciate the fact <laughs> that you, you mentioned the paraprofessionals. Yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, they get hired and then they're assigned to classroom with students with autism. And for some reason, we just kind of think they're going to learn how to work with students uh -huh. by osmosis. Yeah. Right. And instead of really preparing them to work with students with autism. So yeah. I do appreciate right. the fact that cause we hadn't discussed paraprofessionals. So I'm glad you did yeah. bring that up. Well, I would say yeah. just for the CEUs alone, right. every educator in Texas should be 
flocking to this site, you know, I mean, just yeah. for the free CEUs, if you, you know what I mean, yeah. come on and, and then not to mention being that much more prepared to work uh, out there in the field. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. just wonderful resources. Definitely the most robust, I think, uh, website that we've seen so far from, from any of the networks, you know, I know the PGC network has a bunch of fabulous stuff too, and they're converting that, you know, as well. But I mean, just definitely, I, I love, love, love. I used to, I've said this several times. I feel like our networks for years have been kind of these, the best little secrets out there right. in Texas. Wow. And it's time that these are not secrets anymore. These need to become staples for every educator, be it special ed, be it general ed, administrators, um, paras, families, hey, students, you know, I could see wanting to come on that better understand their disability. And yes. you know, maybe they don't do the CEUs. Maybe they just learn more about like, what is this thing people are telling me I have? And so I just think y'all are doing an excellent job. And, and, you know, I know I, I try, I don't, I try not to talk on Pam's behalf because she'll slap me when she sees me, but, <laughs> but I, I know how, how appreciative we both are that you guys take time out of your schedule and come on and kind of chew the fat with us and, and talk about this important work that's going on. Okay, we, hey, we did say we're going to get blamed. Yeah. Last word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to share, you know, a little bit about my history with TSLAT because I, okay. like, like Robin shared, I've only been with TSLAT since January, but this marks my 20th year in autism education. Wow. So wow. for 15 years in the classroom, um, you know, I, I've taught in Houston, I've taught in San Angelo, so I, I've been across Texas and resources have always been really difficult. So as a teacher, when I found the TSLAT website, it really was a, a one-stop shop for me. Um, and, and also the, the toolkit uh, to be able to download and print those things instead of having to go on to something like BoardMaker and create something like this was something that was done for me and it saved me that little bit of amount of time. You know, and my career has always been with uh, students with autism or with, with behavioral needs. And so time is something that I never had. Hmm. Um, then, you know, for the last five years, I moved up as a district autism specialist before moving to TSLAT, and I was over 21 different campuses. There was, like you said earlier, there is always a new teacher. You may have taught this last year, but you didn't teach it to that person. Mm -hmm. So every year was kind of a regurgitation of, of the same information. So TSLAT allowed me to tell a campus that maybe wasn't an inferno, they just had a little blaze, you know, here, look at these trainings, and then I'm going to go handle this inferno. And then when I come back, they already, the campus already had a common knowledge of what we were going to talk about. So my uh, job as the autism specialist was more of to talk them through their specific campus needs. Mm -hmm. They already had the the background of what was good practice, what was evidence-based. Um, and that also helped those paraprofessionals because a lot of times, if a training was offered, the teacher can go because we get a sub, but it's pretty rare if your teacher and your paraprofessionals can all go to a training together. That's right. But with TSLAT, the teacher and the paraprofessionals can all do the training together. They can put it up on the projector. And that way, when I went to go and train them, I was able to have the paraprofessionals who are spending the most time with the students mm -hmm. had an equal seat at the table and were able to get the information instead of it being me talking to a teacher, then the teacher talking to the para. It was everybody was working for what was best for the student. 
Yeah, those are great examples of how how just the resources here can translate into improved practice in the classroom, you know, and, and even from an administrative perspective, how, uh, you know, administrators can leverage um, these resources for training opportunities for that collaboration between uh, gen ed and special ed, special ed and paras, even administrators, you know, sitting in on and learning together. And I think that's what we're seeing more and more of is this increased collaboration. You mentioned earlier, coaching, embedded support, um, that's kind of the, the world we live in now, right? And, and we have to personalize what we're doing in ways that we never had before. And especially with COVID-19, my gosh, you know, everything's up in the air. But uh, what a great time to have you folks on and to really just, just sing the praises of TSLAT and get this information out. So I, I am just super excited. Pam, what do you, what do you got? Uh, I, I, I'll keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say, you know, I said Blaine was going to have the last word, but of course I knew John would jump in. Uh, <laughs> 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 roll. Uh, no, I, I'm just really grateful that you all gave us this time today. I mean, you shared a lot of good information, Blaine. I really like uh, what you just shared with us because you're right. If the teacher and the parent are not sitting down, hearing it together, it, it's, you know, Sometimes things get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even thinking about that, even thinking about parents, even parents, you can bring a parent in. Mm. One thing we found out talking with different special ed uh, directors is that, you know, they feel like their art meetings have been much better during this COVID time, especially over utilized the virtual format because they could see the parents' reaction. Mm -hmm. And they could, you know, so if you think about it, using one of your trainings and your scheduling time. You know, and just meeting with a parent, you know, virtually and saying, okay, this is, you know, this is evidence-based practice we're using on your child. Because one thing parents have said is that, you know, they don't understand what it is the school is doing. Mm -hmm. And now we have the opportunity to really share with them. And you, you all are providing those resources to both, you know, to the educators as well as the parent. So yeah. kudos to you all. Absolutely. As I would say, I think you rock. Uh -huh. yeah. Network.com rocks. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I was about to say, now where can we find all this amazing stuff? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, guys, thank you all so much for coming on today. This has been fun and, and I think really powerful. Um, we're excited to get this uh, podcast out to our listeners and we'll definitely be keeping you all in the loop. And if, if, if new exciting things are going on, reach out and maybe come back on in the future. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you all. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. To continue to elevate the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at SpedTalk2020, where you can find links to all of our episodes and each of the resources that we discussed today. John, also links to the resources will be available at our podcast site. And if you found these resources helpful, be sure to share them with, with a friend because information should always flow through us, not to us. That will do it for this episode of Spec Talk. And remember, courage creates culture and kindness keeps us connected. Until the next time, I'm Pam. And I've been John. And this is Sped Talk. Living in the moment and the moment is the future.